Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Now wake up, Israel. Look around and you'll see. 
Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. It's a Monday on this October the 21st, day 17 in the month of Maracheshvan, I believe. Wasn't it either today or yesterday or maybe the day before? That uh, on the Hebrew calendar, on the Jewish calendar, was the first anniversary of Hurricane or Superstorm Sandy. I think it was around this time, 13, 14, 15 of Mar Cheshvan. And I was looking up at that the full moon this morning as I'm as I'm heading to the car, and I'm saying to myself, boy, oh boy, what a difference a year makes, huh? Unbelievable. The uh, the full moon of uh, of Cheshvan was. Uh, Quite a brought brought quite a danger to so many people and quite a, quite a, a quite a, a level of destruction to so many people. One year ago, and here we are getting closer and closer to the first anniversary on the secular calendar. In fact, we're going to be with our friends at Achiezer next week in a, a live radio broadcast, essentially called Sandy. One year later, 
And uh, the show is being dedicated to the memory of Yaakov Mordechai and Avram Lipa Cohen Woolman. And uh, his family is sponsoring the program. And um, we will explore what is happening one year later with one of the key organizations in our community that was so helpful to so many and continues to be so. 27 minutes before uh, 7 o'clock. Hope you enjoyed our incredible uh, Shlomo Kalbach musical presentations over the last couple of days. Avrami had a great show Saturday night. Matis had a brilliant program Sunday, JM Sunday, which uh, included Shlomo Katz and Shlomo Kalbach and Rabbi Sitran and an author of a, a book about Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach and Shia Mendlowitz. Uh, they were all together in one program yesterday between 7 and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on our stream. If you missed any of it, head to the archive section of my website for JM Sunday. you got to hear it. It was really a great show. And I'm sure that everybody who uh, participated in any type of Kalbach Tzvilah or Kalbach Tribute concert this past weekend had an amazing, amazing time. Ari Goldwag had Say the Words, Baruch Levine with Hashivenu off of Modim, Shlomo Simcha and Hine Kale, Benny Friedman's Vahaviosim, Mayor Sherman, Masach Hashem. It's our Monday morning theme song in Regesh, Modani opening things up as we say good morning. JM in the AM with 48 degrees, 65% humidity, winds of southwest at 6 miles per hour on this third day of the three-day Bahab. Sunny today with a high of 67, then tonight mostly clear, low 51. Tomorrow partly cloudy, a high temperature. 65 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 84. Tel Aviv, a lot both at 86. Haifa at 82. 48 here in Jersey City. We wake up on a Monday, heading back to school and back to work. And I thank you so much for joining us here on this uh, Monday morning. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, author of 26 books, if I have the count correct, and former chief rabbi of the Commonwealth, the United Kingdom, He is our guest at 825 this morning, live via telephone here at JM in the AM. I am very much looking forward to that conversation. We've got uh, today's lineup on our stream, an amazing one. Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show at 9 o'clock, 10 a.m. for Michael Fragan. And Tech Talk, amazing music all day long. You're talking about an incredible day on our stream, like it seems every single day on our stream is these days at JM in the AM. Dot org. Yaakov Shweki's next. Thanks for tuning in to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 FM, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
Eitan Katz. He was in big demand during the Kalbach Yardside tribute. There he is with Atta Haresa. Miami with Mayim Hashem. You heard Lipa and Kavodo. Saw Lipa last night at the Nofei Yisrael event. Brilliant as usual. Diaspora with Hu Yiftach. Yaakov Shweki had Ru'ubanim. 7 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, third day of Bahab, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Every Monday we have an e-newsletter that heads out from the Nahum Siegel Network and JM in the AM. If you haven't yet signed up, head to the news section of jmnam.org. You'll see on the uh, homepage a link in the news section that you could sign up for our newsletter. Don't forget to support our fall end-of-year campaign, our silent campaign, as we call it, to keep JMNAM and WFMU going. That's up there on the uh, website. If you head to jmnam.org, you'll see it at the very top. And we thank everybody who's responded so generously already. Don't forget to vote for the 9 at 9 tomorrow night. The 9 at 9, the top nine songs of the week based on your votes. Make sure to vote. Go to NahumSiegel.com. You'll see the 9 at 9 link at the top. Click on it, vote, and get ready for 9 p.m. Tuesday night when Yossi's Wide counts down the top nine songs of the week. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from JM Nam. בהסתדרות העובדים הכריזו על סכסוך העבודה לאחר שלטענתם הנהלת הרכבת פעלה בניגוד להסכמים שנחתמו עם העובדים. שם טוענים כי הנהלת הרכבת המשיכה את השימוש במיקור חוץ, וכן סירבה לקלוט את עובדי התדלוק בחברה כעובדים מן המניין. בנוסף טוענים בהסתדרות כי הרכבת נקטה בצעדים חד צדדיים הפוגעים בבטיחות העובדים. לאחר הכרזת הצעד היום, צפויים לעבור שבועיים לפחות לפני שיוכלו העובדים לנקוט בצעדים ארגוניים.
בהתאחדות הסטודנטים מאיימים, ייתכן ונפתח בשביתת הזדהות עם המכללות הטכנולוגיות. יערה ברק שמעה את יושב ראש ההתאחדות, אורי רשטיק. יושבי הראש התכנסו ב-29 לחודש, מכללה טכנולוגית באר שבע, יושבי הראש מכל הארץ, מנת לבחון האם להצטרף למאבק של מכללות טכנולוגיות בצורה כזאת או אחרת, ואנחנו גם לא פוסלים מהשבתה של מערכת האקדמית לטובת הנושא. צה"ל איתר ונטרל מטען סמוך לגדר המערכת ברצועת עזה, מדווח טל אברהם. המטען התגלה במהלך פתיחת ציר שגרתית סמוך לגדר המערכת באזור כיסופים. הכוחות פוצצו את המטען באופן מבוקר, לא נגרם נזק ולא היו נפגעים. בימים האחרונים מורגשת עלייה קלה באירועים הביטחוניים סמוך לגדר, לאחר כמעט שנה של שקט מוחלט. מרדף משטרתי הוביל לתאונה קשה בכביש אחת. כתבתנו שרון פולבר. שישה בני אדם נפצעו בהתהפכות רכב סמוך למחלף ענווה, מתוכם אישה אחת כבת חמישים שנפצעה קשה, שני פצועים בינוני ושלושה פצועים קל. התאונה הראה לאחר ששוטרי משמר הגבול ביקשו מהרכב, שנוסעיו היו כולם שוהים בלתי חוקיים, לעצור בצד הדרך, אך זה המשיך בנסיעה במהירות והתהפך. הודעה חשובה לתושבי בת ים, התגלה זיהום במי השתייה וחובה להרתיחם לפני שימוש. עמית תומר עם הפרטים. משרד הבריאות הודיע כי נמצא זיהום חיידקי של מי השתייה באזור מוגבל בעיר, לכן התושבים המתגוררים בין הרחובות יוספטל בצפון, אלי כהן במזרח, כ"ט בנובמבר בדרום והרב לוי במערב, מתבקשים להרתיח את המים לשתייה, הכנת מזון וצחצוח שיניים עד להודעה חדשה. לקראת הבחירות ברשויות המקומיות מחר, שרת הבריאות יעל גרמן, לשעבר ראשת עיריית הרצליה, ואלי מויאל, לשעבר ראש עיריית שדרות, נותנים טיפים למתמודדים וקוראים לאזרחים לצאת להצביע בשיחה עם יעל דן. אל תבטיחו מה שאתם לא יכולים לקיים, okay. מפני שאחד הדברים החשובים ביותר שיש לנו זה האמון של הציבור, והאמון נבנה על ידי הבטחות שמקוימות. ולמרות הכל, כמו שאמר קאטו הזקן, לכו להצביע. מזג האוויר, עלייה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת טלי חזקאלי. Mi ha mo mi mi ha mo ba ki 
J.M. and the A.M., those are two songs that could certainly be in the top nine at nine tomorrow night. Have you voted yet? Go to the top uh, nine at nine page on Facebook. That's what it's called, top nine at nine. Or you can go to our uh, link at the very top at com and actually vote right now. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m., Yossi Zweig counts down the nine songs of the week. Chai from the Chevra, Avremo with Amachaya. They both could win. Why not? I don't know if they're both on the official list that was posted, but they... Uh, but remember, you could write in any song you wish in the top nine at nine. Good morning. It's Monday, JM in the AM, 48 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 67. Hope your Kalbach Shabbat and weekend were spectacular. Later on in this program, we are scheduled to uh, debut a brand new selection, a brand new single that uh, Srulli Meyer sent uh, to me yesterday. I'll give you all the details coming up. We're going to do that about 8 o'clock this morning. Our friends from Hebrew Free Burial are going to join us at about 7.30. Uh, Daniel Gordon from up at Yeshiva University is coming up before 8 o'clock. That debut happening around 8. And the uh, former chief rabbi of the Commonwealth, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, author of the book The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meaning. My guest live via telephone, 8.25 this morning right here at JM in the AM. should be a lot of fun. Hey, don't forget we have great programming all day long. The Israel Show is coming up at 9 o'clock with Mayor Weingarten. If you haven't yet liked the Israel Show page on Facebook, make sure to do so. Uh, today, the um, the show will commemorate the art side of Rav Shlomo Kalbach with selections of Kalbach covers recorded by various Israeli artists. Mayor will discuss the intricate strategies in the high-stakes terror tunnels, the cat-and-mask game being played between Hamas and the IDF. Yoram Gaon has just released a brand new song, and today's Israel show has it. Mayer Me Lim with a look at the word pigua, and you may have a surprise meaning that you'll discover today. And Kenneth Meshow is a black member of the South African Parliament. He explains why the charge that Israel is an apartheid state is a malicious lie. Who better to answer this question than someone who lived in a real apartheid state? Here to compelling piece of Hasbara, and as always, great Israeli music. That's 9 o'clock today at 10 o'clock. It's Tech Talk with Michael Fragan, and he's going to feature conversations with venture capitalist Bruce Tarragon and author Molly Knight Raskin, who wrote No Better Time about the life of Danny Lewin. So that's coming up between 10 and 11 this morning, Eastern Time. And, of course, great music all day long on our stream at jmandam.com.
Rosenbaum.org. Want to wish a mazel tov to Bela and Meish Rosenbaum. We had the pleasure of uh, participating in the Ofruf of Anusin Rosenbaum this past Shabbos and Mesifta Tiferes Yushalayim. We say mazel tov to the entire Rosenbaum Mishpacha from all of us here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. JM in the AM dot ORG.
J.M. in the A.M. Shua Kesson Rifoenu from the Lola Hitja HCD here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, one hour away from our conversation with Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the uh, former chief rabbi of the Commonwealth, will be joining us. The book is called The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meaning. And we are very much looking forward to that conversation here on a uh, Monday morning at J.M. in the A.M. Well, our friends at Corin Publications, Corin Publishers, CorinPub.com have um, given us some copies of the brand new Masecha Shkolem uh, based on the commentary of Harav Adin Steinzaltz. Masecha Shkolem and Dafyomi just began yesterday. And uh, they were nice enough to give us some copies of uh, Masecha Shkolem to give to our listeners. So right now, call number 10 if you'd like the brand new Corin Publications Masecha Shkolem, which is absolutely Beautiful. I mean, it's just it's just incredible. If you missed my conversation with Rabbi Dr. Tzvi Hirsch Weinrib about it uh, last Tuesday on the stream, it is worth going back to the archives to check it out. Uh, it was really quite a description of an amazing and incredible work. Anyway, uh, caller 10 at 201-209-9368. That's caller 10-201-209-9368. If you are the 10th caller, you're the winner right here at JM in the AM. <laughs>
J.M. in the A.M. That's the uh, song off Lig Gabe, David Gabe with Vali Rushalayim. Congratulations. And the listener Yussi out in Crown Heights uh, picked up the um, brand-new volume, Masecha Shkolem, from our friends at Koran Publishers, an amazing work as Masecha Shkolem just began in Dafyomi yesterday. We'll try to give out more between, nine o'clock, between now and 9 o'clock this morning right here. At JM in the AM. Reminder that Monday is newsletter day. Our e-newsletter goes out every Monday afternoon to our listeners. If you're not yet subscribed, if you have not yet signed up for the newsletter, head to jmnam.org. You'll see a, a link to subscribe in our news section. Try to take care of that today. Coming up at 8 o'clock this morning, the world premiere of a brand new single from Moshe David Weissman. I want to thank Strilly Meyer who uh, it seems is the one who made the decision that the world premiere of Moshe David Weissman's brand new single will be right here at JM in the AM. That'll happen about a half hour from now right here at JM in the AM and jmintheam.org. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Perki Avos, Ben Azai Oimer, Boireach Min Ha'avera. A person has to escape and run away from sin. Shemitsugareras mitzvah, one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah, va'avera, and one sin, goreras avera, brings to another sin. Reb Nochem Mordechai of Charkov makes note of the words, the sin. He offers the fascinating insight that every person has his unique nature and his individual weaknesses. An avera that may attract one person is not necessary as dangerous for another. Therefore, the Tana warns us to run away from that Avera that each person knows is most perilous for him. A Jew once owned an inn on a remote stretch of road between two distant villages. It was patronized by many travelers, Jews and non-Jews alike. For economic reasons, he operated two kitchens, one from which he served kosher food, and the other kitchen where he cooked foods that were not kosher. If someone came in and didn't wash his hands or say brachos, he would know that that patron was not Jewish and would feed to him chazer. When he observed the person washing his hands and making blessings, he would know that that person was Jewish. One day, a traveler stopped in. The innkeeper observed that he didn't wash his hands and he didn't recite any blessings. He inferred that certainly this was a non-Jew and he served him chazer. After he concluded the meal, the man came over to pay his bill. How much do I owe, he asked. The innkeeper said, eight coins. The traveler exclaimed, how could that be? Yesterday I paid ten coins at the other inn. How could it be that your price is that much cheaper? The innkeeper responded, That's what Chazer costs. When the man heard this, he couldn't believe his ears. He was shocked. He said to him, I'm a Jew, and I ate Chazer. The innkeeper said, What should I do? I saw that you didn't wash your hands, and you didn't say brachos, so I thought you weren't Jewish. This is the explanation of the words, Avera, Goireras Avera. One sin leads to another. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM Monday on this 21st of October to 17th of Mar Cheshvan. It was right around this time last year on the uh, Jewish calendar that we were um, in the midst of the aftermath of uh, Hurricane or 
Superstorm Sandy. Believe it or not, it's a year later. Next week, we're actually going to be visiting our friends at Achiezer. We're going to be doing a uh, live radio show on Tuesday, a week from tomorrow, from Achiezer in the five towns. Uh, they are one of so many amazing organizations that were there to help people during the um, Superstorm. And uh, we will speak with them uh, coming up next week. That uh, broadcast is Le'ilu Nishmas, uh, Yaakov Mordechai, Ben Avram Lipa, Cohen, Wolman. Uh, and uh, we'll have that for you a week from tomorrow. More coming up right here if you keep it at JM in the AM. selection from Moshe Hecht, Hamavdil, off of his CD, entitled Heart is Alive, here on a JM in the AM Monday. Third day of Bahab at 24 minutes before 8 o'clock. Amy Kaplow is with us live via telephone, executive director of the Hebrew, Hebrew Free Burial Society. They do amazing work all year round, and we're very familiar with the uh, incredible role that they fill in our community. And um, the week of Shabbat Chaye Sarah. 
Chaye Sorrow Week is a very big week for them. Uh, this is the week, of course, that we read about uh, Avraham Avinu making sure that he has a proper burial place for his wife, Sarah. And Hebrew Free Burial uses this week to remind everybody how important it is to support their incredible work so that they can make sure that they have a proper burial place for any person in our community who is of need. Amy Kapla, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to speak with you this morning. I appreciate that. Uh, your work is uh, pretty amazing. And um, for our listeners, especially those who are not uh, familiar with uh, Hebrew Free Burial, to say it in one sentence, you essentially make sure that the most important mitzvah is done, even for those who have no funds, no relatives, in many cases just uh, no hope that they would in fact have a proper Jewish burial. Exactly. Um, and no family. That's something else that is very important. They may have no family, no, no connections, and many of them have no formal connections with the Jewish community, but they were born Jews and they died Jews, and they deserve chesed um, you know, to be buried with um, dignity, uh, the same as, uh, you know, any person within our community. No question. So, Chaye Sarah, it's obvious why you use this week to really get the cause out there. I mean, all year round, people are supporting you, and thank God you're doing the incredible work all year round. But what is the focus this week? Is there a special campaign? Is there a special... Oh, yes. Uh, yes, we've contacted over 800 uh, synagogues, shuls, um, of really of all denominations, asking them to join us, to partner with us in this very important campaign um, to get involved in the work of Chesed Shalemet. We also have a cleanup, um, a Chesed Day, cleanup day at our um, <clears throat> historic Silver Lake Cemetery in Staten Island, and that's on Sunday, October 27th, hmm. at 10 o'clock in the morning. And that's our that's the original cemetery that the founders of Hebrew Free Burial purchased in 1892. It was filled, if you can believe it, by 1909 with 13,600 burials. That was how great the need was back then. And in fact, this is a very important week for us, because on October 25th, we mark our 125th anniversary. Wow. That, that was the date that the founders of Hebrew Free Burial, who were all just ordinary men in the, who lived in the Lower East Side, got together and incorporated and, and formed this organization. And, have, and really, since then, there has been an unbroken chain of... Uh, doing what their um, original mission was, which was to provide a traditional, dignified, halachic burial for any Jew in need in the greater New York area. Amy Kapla on our phone line, Hebrew Free Burial. It's uh, Chayasara Week, everybody. It's a big awareness week for their incredible work. Uh, not that uh, not that all of your um, work is being done, you know, in specifically one or two communities, but people, I'm sure, are curious. Uh, you know, how is it possible that there are people within our community that cannot afford or whose family, if there is a family, can't afford a burial? So give me some of the scenarios that you come up with and that you are involved with on a regular basis, uh, which describes to everybody just who's suffering out there from this situation. Well, some people are suffering because they, they really never um, achieved any kind of economic security in their life. They were, they, they were poor their whole lives, and they, and, and they died poor. Some people, what we're finding with the, the, the demographic of people who live older is that they may have 
had funds, let's say 20 years ago, to, to pay for their burial, but now they don't. They've outlived their funds. Some have outlived their families, sadly, and, um, and you know, there's nobody to, to step up to the plate and, and help them out. And some are people who may have been in institutions of one kind or another their whole lives. Um, and, you know, and therefore, uh, you know, maybe um, their family's disengaged from them and, um, you know, there's nobody to take care of them. We, we took care of a case um, this year of a fairly young man who took his own life, unfortunately. Um, he was um, ill, mentally ill, his, really his whole life. And he presented such a great challenge to his family, to his immediate family, that they eventually moved away from the New York area. And um, if not for uh, an estranged uncle who stepped forward to help and really authorized the burial when this uh, young man passed away, um, which was really all we, you know, we really needed. You can't bury anybody in New York City without authorization from a family member or from a government official you know it it would have uh, been a a, you know a difficult situation and this this family member did come to the funeral but you know that that's a situation of um, really heart-wrenching sadness Um, and uh, curiously we got a letter this year this might be interesting to your listeners from from a physician um, who practices outside the New York area and he said he's, he was off, he's often asked in his career, what was the most difficult situation you came up against? And he said it was during his residency when um, he, um, he witnessed a woman, a 60-year-old woman, die from metastatic uh, breast cancer. And she had nobody. She had no family. Um, and only uh, the, her... Her physician said, "Oh, yeah, there was a um, there was a friend who occasionally uh, visited, and it was so out of his realm to see that uh, here was a Jewish woman who had nobody, and um, he made inquiries, found out about the Hebrew Free Burial Association from the chaplain at the hospital. We stepped forward, we took care of this burial, you know, and this you know woman had this had this final dignity." Um, going forward in time, this this uh, physician discovered that we Hebrew Free Burial Association had buried his hmm. um, his great grandparents wow. in the early 1920s. <laughs> Talk um, about returning a favor, huh? Returning a favor. <laughs> um, they were immigrants from the Ukraine, and he discovered that they were buried in Mount Richmond Cemetery <laughs> that night. Uh, Amy Koplow on our phone line, Executive Director, Hebrew Free Burial Association. Information, HebrewFreeBurial.org, HebrewFreeBurial.org. You can uh, check that out. But any idea, I'm sure you have an idea, of the total number of people that have uh, uh, been uh, laid to peaceful rest uh, because of the hard work of Hebrew Free Burial over the last 125 years? Close to 65,000. Unbelievable. Talk about him. Talk and, about this, him. and this year, we're up to 281 um, burials for uh, 
since January 1st. Yeah, I remember whenever we have these conversations, it usually averages out to a, a one per day all year round, right, basically? Uh, yeah. Um, our numbers are up 25% from 2008. Amazing. The beginning of the recession. Uh, all right, what do people need to know about this week? Should they uh, call your office to contribute, check out they the website? They can call what do you our office. They can visit our website, as you said, www.hebrewfreeburial.org. Uh, they and our website has all kinds of information. They can donate. They can see the information about the cleanup day and the cleanup day on Sunday. Uh, we'll be drawing people from all corners of uh, New York, of you know Greater New York City and New Jersey. Anybody who's willing to roll up their sleeves and grab a rake and rake leaves and remove um, seasonal debris will be there. Um, and we're really expecting quite a um, quite a crowd, and we would love to have um, the participation of um, of any you know anybody you know willing to help in this mitzvah. Because not only are you cleaning around these graves, you're visiting these graves that um, you know are hardly visited because they're. They're over 100 years old. Plus, of course, obviously no family and relatives in so many cases. Right. Uh, all right, information, folks, go to the web, HebrewFreeBurial.org. Every week's a great week to support them, but uh, obviously Chaye Sarah is an extra special week. HebrewFreeBurial.org. You can dial the number, get a brochure, uh, ask about more information at 212-239-1662, 212-239-1662. Amy, good luck with the campaign. I know that a lot of schools participate in your cleanups in general all through the years, so I want to commend all the teenagers that really come out and help out, and, of course, all the families that are going to be helping out this Sunday. Call out a vote to them as well. Thank you so much. A pleasure speaking to you and continue your amazing work. HebrewFreeBurial.org or 212-239-1662. Amy Coppola, the executive director of that amazing organization. JM and the AM at 14 minutes before 8 o'clock. It's Monday as we head back to school, back to work. We'll try to give out some more of the Maseches Shkullim from, uh, uh, from our friends at Koran Publishers. Try to do that a little later on. We also have the world debut of that brand-new single from Moshe David Weissman coming up. And now... I was sent this. Um, I was sent this single by my friend Yussi. This is a gentleman named Yitzchak who uh, produced this uh, selection. He plays guitar and plenty of great electric music. The singer is a gentleman named Yisrael Green, and this song was done in honor of the wedding of Miri and Heschel Herschel, who uh, got married last evening. Uh, so kudos to everybody involved in this brand new selection. We're dedicating dedicating it to listener Yussi, and of course to the brand-new couple, Miri and Heschel, right here at JM in the AM. Same house. 
J.M. in the A.M. and a very special Mazel Tov to the brand new Hassan and Kala from last night. Does that voice sound a little bit familiar, folks? There's a reason for that, which we'll reveal, I guess, at some point. J.M. in the A.M. at nine minutes before eight o'clock. On this um, uh, Monday morning, we have a world debut of a brand new single from Moshe David Weissman coming up at eight. Also, the brand new book, uh, the great, uh, not brand new, but the book, The Great Partnership, will be our focus. Or by Jonathan Sachs will be our guest coming up at 825 this morning. Looking forward to that. Daniel Gordon is with us live via telephone. Uh, Daniel, of course, an amazing member of the Nachum Siegel Network staff, but how does he spend 99% of his time? He spends it in his brand-new position as a deputy chief of staff to the president of Yeshiva University. Daniel Gordon, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Congratulations on your new title, your new position. I am... uh, I am jealous that you get to continue to grow in one of my favorite institutions. Thank you very much. Just call me Josh Lyman. <laughs> Would that be the appropriate way to refer to you at this point? Um, how have I? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, there's an event tomorrow night, and this event is open to the public. The event is called Will Jews Exist? Oh, my gosh. What a um, what an optimistic title for an event going on tomorrow evening. It happens at 8 p.m. Tuesday night, tomorrow evening up at Yeshiva University. President of Yeshiva University, Richard Joel, is one of the participants. And we'll get all the details from Daniel Gordon. So uh, what is the uh, how did this come about? How is there an event tomorrow night, a very high-profile event, 
at Yeshiva University with the title, Will Jews Exist? So I think that uh, although the title is not that optimistic up front, I think what is optimistic is to hear the perspectives of different people on the topic, <laughs> excuse me, that I think is clearly close to all of our hearts. No question. And what happened was we, uh, we were able to partner with uh, Rabbi Shmuley Botach and his organization, This World, and, uh, and to bring in amazing people like, uh, like Brett Stevens and like Mr. Sheldon Adelson, uh, Rabbi Botach will be moderating the discussion in our very own President Joel to talk about an issue that I think on the broadest level is something that strikes all of us, regardless of political affiliation or any of those types of things. It's really just to hear different people's perspectives on an issue that has really been the Jewish plight for many years, um, for decades, for generations, and now kind of giving it a new focus on both the social, the new social and uh, physical realities of the world that we live in today. Well, it's certainly a fascinating title, and uh, you have opened this up to everybody, correct? The entire community is invited tomorrow night. That is correct, and I, I encourage everybody to attend. Um, if you have any questions, you can feel free to email me, dgordon at yu.edu. All the information can be found on thisworld.us, also on the YU Facebook page. There's an event on the Facebook. You can follow President Joel on Twitter. That's, a, that's another plug I'm doing, um, and he has all the information out there. And uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, any groups want to come, they can contact me as well. We'll make sure that there's enough seats and reserve seating for everybody. Uh, will Jews exist? Iran assimilation and the threat to Israel and Jewish survival. Rabbi Shmuley Boteach will moderate tomorrow evening starting at 8 p.m. at Yeshiva University's Lamport Auditorium. The panel, Sheldon Adelson, the CEO of Las Vegas Sands Corporation and a well-known global Jewish philanthropist, Brett Stevens, foreign affairs columnist for the Wall Street Journal and a Pulitzer Prize winner, and, of course, President Richard M. Joel, president and Bravman Family University professor at Yeshiva University. The entire panel gathers tomorrow evening at uh, 8 p.m. at Lamport Auditorium on Amsterdam Avenue in New York City. Information, uh, you can, uh, as um, uh, Daniel Gordon just said, you can uh, head to the YU websites and follow all the different Yeshiva University uh, news sources for info and um uh, students get a discount tomorrow evening, we should mention, correct? Students get a discount, and all YU students, alumni, faculty, and staff actually get a free admission to the event. Oh, so it's... If you are a YU student, faculty member, staff member, or an alumnus, please email me at dgordon at yu.edu, and you will actually get free admission. Ah. So other students from other universities and schools get a t- um, get a $10 discount, 50% off. And general admission is $20. All right, now I get it. So if you are a student, you get a discount. If you're a Yeshiva University affiliate, then you will uh, get in for free tomorrow evening. That is correct. That's how it works. Uh, how are things um, uh, up at Yeshiva University now as the semester? I know the semester is much older officially, but you have to admit it's really only three weeks old in terms of full-time work, right? Things are rocking, and it always seems like there's where uh, President Joel likes to say that we're nostalgic for the past, living in the present, and focusing on the future, some fancy version of that. And I think that's really true about Yeshiva University, that we just started three weeks ago, basically. The students are rocking. There are events going on all the time from this event that's happening tomorrow night. It's all kinds of other events, Breast Cancer, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Obviously, the base medrash is rocking with thousands of students a day. Um, and uh, before you know it, it's going to be winter break, and we're sending students all over the world, um, as always, to the CJS to serve the world and serve the community, and then uh, on, on to the next semester. And, you, you know, in your new position, let everybody know that, uh, let everybody know up in Washington Heights and beyond, uh, that we have been extremely impressed with the Yeshiva University students we brought in here recently. We had a couple of uh, students who are now 
at Stern College for Women, who spent a great deal of time in Nairobi, Kenya, as volunteers. The Yeshiva University Medical Ethics Society had their representatives here last week. So we continue to be impressed by what you're producing on campus. Thank you very much, and we thank you for highlighting them. I think those are two of the typical, um, although unique, but typical Yeshiva University stories. Yesterday we had the Medical Ethics Society conference, which we have every year, packed the house. Um, topics are always interesting. Yesterday involved Israel. And I think that the amazing thing about the story of the young women you had who went to Kenya was that they really got their start in service learning um, at, on a Yeshiva University trip. Yeah, they, uh, gave, they, they gave a lot of credit to the, that Nicaragua trip. And I think that's, I think that's the amazing thing. that uh, It's really about building future leaders and future people who take responsibility, and that's really all that we can hope for for our children. No question about it. I don't know how all these students have time for their studies, but thank God they get those done as well. <laughs> Daniel Gordon, tomorrow night. Uh, the topic is, will Jews exist? Iran assimilation, the threat to Israel and Jewish survival, the Yeshiva University campus, and the Hallmark uh, location, that's Lamport Auditorium. Sheldon Adelson, Brett Stevens, Richard M. Joel, the president of Yeshiva University, and, of course, moderated by Rabbi Shmuley Boteach. Daniel Gordon, we'll see you tomorrow evening. Uh, thanks for alerting us to this and for inviting the public through this forum. And our best regards, everybody up at YU. Thank you so much, Nathan. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Daniel Gordon, two minutes before 8 o'clock on a jam in the AM Monday as we head back to school and back to work. All right, Jonathan Sachs is going to join us this hour on the great partnership, science, religion, and the search for meaning. He's coming up. We'll try to give away more of our uh, volumes from current publishers of Masecha Shkullam, which began yesterday in Dafyomi. It is an amazing volume. And if you missed my conversation with Rabbi Dr. Tzvi Hirsch Weinrib last Tuesday on the stream, I highly recommend you head to the archive section of uh, my website, the Nahum Siegel Network website, to check it out. It was really amazing. Uh, we learned so much, and the uh, the work that was put into that volume, and to all of the uh, Steinzaltz translated works at Koren Publishers is just incredible. Uh, don't forget to vote in the 9 at 9. Tomorrow night, Yossi Zweig is going to be counting down the 9 at 9, beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's tomorrow night. Make sure you vote. Go to the 9 at 9 link at the top of com. You get to vote once each week. Uh, who knows what song will be number one, but you got to check it out. you got to participate. You can't complain about what ends up being the song of the week if you don't participate in the uh, democratic process. You know what I mean? Simple as that. So make sure to take care of that. Don't forget at 9 o'clock this morning, the Israel Show, Mayor Weingarten, Presents the Israel Show. We remind you to like the Israel Show page on Facebook. Make sure to like the Israel Show page on Facebook today. Mayor Weingarten at uh, nine at nine a.m. will have a uh, commemoration of the art side of Reb Shlomo Kalbach with covers of Kalbach recorded by various Israeli artists. He'll talk about the intricate strategies in the high stakes terror tunnels, cat and mouse game being played between Hamas. And the IDF, a brand new Yehoram Gaon song just released. It'll be on the Israel Show. And, of course, a Meir May Lim segment and more. That's all coming up at 10 a.m. It's Tech Talk with Michael Fragan, venture capitalist Bruce Tarragon will be on, author Molly Knight Raskin, who wrote No Better Time about the life of Danny Lewin. She will be uh, Michael's uh, guest as well. We have a full day on the stream at jmnam.org. Make sure you are tuned in. The world debut, as promised, the world debut of a brand-new single from Moshe David Weissman is here at JM in the AM next, right after station identification. And I am told that that will be available as a free download, so pay careful attention.
to your Jewish music sites and emails and Twitter feeds and Facebook, etc., because I'm told it will be a download available later today. Moshe David Weissman and the brand new song is next at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Oh, 
One amazing reunion. They'll be reuniting, not the entire show, but they'll be reuniting at Hask, of course, and uh, what has already been acclaimed as an amazing lineup for January the 12th. We'll talk more about it as we get closer and closer. Go to HaskConcert.com for information. Of course, you can call their office for tickets. Diaspora, one of seven acts that's been announced for this year's concert. Eight minutes after 8 o'clock. Well, we've got some uh, copies of the brand-new Koran publications, uh, Mesecha Shkalem. Mesecha Shkalem began in Dafyomi yesterday. Let's give out a copy of the brand-new work at uh, Kohler, uh, let's see, Kohler 10, 201-209-9368, 201-209-9368. Kohler 10 will win that brand-new Koran publications volume of uh, Mesecha Shkalem. You go to Koran Pub 
Sportsnet.com for information. Reminder, Teaneck, New Jersey is the place for the SAGE Initiative, a four-week fall series that begins today. The Seniors Actively Growing and Exploring Initiative is a forum focused on enhancing the educational opportunities of the Jewish community. It's open today at Congregation B'nai Yeshur in West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck with registration and lunch at 12 p.m. and the program beginning at 12.30. It's open to everybody. Go to OUcommunity.org or dial 212-613-8300. Today, Rabbi Stephen Przansky and Dr. Alex Bailey will present uh, at the SAGE Initiative. So check that out. Our friends at Nale, part of Camp Masora's program, they go to Israel each year with 10th grade boys. Uh, they have a parlor meeting tonight in Great Neck at the Godsey Home, 12 North Drive in Great Neck, beginning at 8 p.m. Information, you can go to the uh, Camp Masora website for that. The Hask Center has its job fair today with career opportunities uh, in so many areas. Go to haskcenter.org. The job fair begins on East 14th Street beginning at 5 p.m. Go to haskcenter.org or dial 718-535-1937, 718-535-1937 for information. And a reminder that this coming uh, Shabbos is Chaye Sarah. And uh, if you want to celebrate and commemorate the purchase of a lifetime, Call the Chevron Fund. The Jewish community of Chevron is waiting for you for this Shabbos. They take care of everything. If you have a son or daughter studying in Israel, you can bring them along to Chevron at half price. And the Chevron Fund's Chaye Sarah program is always amazing, as we said last week, there by Simcha Hachbaum. Uh, Chevron also has posted on their website their $100,000 raffle. You may want to check that out. Hebronfund.org. Hebronfund.org for information again. That's hebronfund.org. So check it out. All righty. JM in the AM. And um, again, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, our guest, just minutes from now at JM in the AM. Here's Ari Goldwag.
J.M. in the A.M. Great song, brand new from Ari Goldwag. It's called Rock Who at J.M. in the A.M. Monday morning as we head back to school and back to work. Thanks for joining us, folks. Congratulations to Sandy up at the 91.9 FM area up in Rockland County. She picked up that uh, volume of Maseche Shkullin from our friends at Corin Publishers. Go to CorinPub.com for information, and we thank uh, we thank them. I don't know if we'll get to any more giveaways today, but... Uh, we will try, and if not, maybe we'll do some tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. D.A. Hines is scheduled for tomorrow. He's making a last-ditch effort to um, remain as D.A. of Brooklyn. We'll speak with him in the studio tomorrow morning. I believe that's in the 7 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. Uh, coming up are by Jonathan Sachs, one-time chief rabbi of the Commonwealth, United Kingdom. He'll join us coming up here at JM in the AM. And um, uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, Mayor Weingarten, brand new edition of The Israel Show. If you haven't yet liked The Israel Show page on Facebook, make sure to do so. He has an amazing show coming up today, including a Meir Me Lim segment on the word pigua. And a brand new Yehoram Gaon song. How do you like that? Michael Fragan with Tech Talk. With venture capitalist Bruce Tarragon and author Molly Knight Raskin, all coming up between 10 and 11 this morning on the stream, jmandtheam.org. We have a lot going on. 16 minutes after the hour, as we continue with some great music, here is Yaakov Shweki.
the great Rav Shlomo Kalbach, of course, and reaction to our weekend programming dedicated to uh, Rav Shlomo Kalbach's 19th yard site continues to pour in. My thanks to Avrami, who did a great show Saturday night on the stream at jmnam.org, and Matis, who had an incredible JM Sunday yesterday with plenty of uh, special guests, including the Shama Kalbach. If you missed any of it, head to the archive section at the Nachum Siegel Network site. It was really an amazing Kalbach tribute. JM the AM on this Monday. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and a extra special thanks to our extra special guest. With us live via telephone, the author of The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meaning. And um, at one time, until very recently, the chief rabbi of the United Hebrew Congregations of the Commonwealth, a position that he held since 1991 until um, that tenure came to an end earlier this year. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, thank you for joining us here at JM in the AM. Good to be with you, Nachum. Greatly appreciated. Uh, the great partnership, science, religion, and the search for meaning of all the encounters you've had when it comes to the question of religion, uh, are the ones with the scientists the most difficult? Or in other words, the smarter one is, does it call for the more difficult conversation? Well, not really, because the scientists have just got it wrong. They're really, really brilliant at science and really not that brilliant about religion. So uh, it's been good to be able to clear up some very uh, significant and, uh, of course, along with the book, I did a lot of um, interviews with people like Richard Dawkins, famous scientific atheists. And they were good, engaging conversations because it is not a conflict but a great partnership. Why is it that um, on this side of the issue, it seems that we have not, not no problem or not much of a problem understanding or trying to encourage the partnership uh, it, understanding how science and religion can coexist, so to speak, but on the other side, there is such a uh, there, there, there's such a hardcore group of people who who cannot see that the two could possibly blend together. Well, you know, it's no accident that the what, what we call the new atheists, Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, the late Christopher Hitchens, uh, started writing. You know, within a few years of 9/11, Sam Harris's book came out in 2000. Richard Dawkins, 2006, Hitchens, 2007. I think people are genuinely worried about a rise worldwide of religious extremism. And, you know, that I, I don't belittle that worry. I share it, actually. And that's why they react the way they do when it comes to the combination of science and religion. And is it way beyond creation? It seems like creation is always, and, and the question of how we got here is always the uh, the theme, is always the, the backbone of the discussion when it comes to science and religion. But isn't it way beyond that? Well, I think it is way beyond that. But, you know, um, the, it's the greatest scientist in Britain, Lord Rees, who was president of the Royal Society, the world's oldest and most distinguished scientific society, the one of which Isaac Newton was a member. Uh, Lord Rees published a book called Just Six Numbers in which he shows that were even the even the slightest variation from the six mathematical constants that uh, generate the shape and dimensions of the physical universe, planets, stars, planets, life, would never have evolved. So the sheer improbability of the existence of the universe suggests that 
uh, you know, there is intelligence behind creation. I don't mean intelligent design, which is actually a debatable point, but the universe seems to have been made with incredibly fine tuning. And uh, even quite agnostic scientists recognize this, and they have no other explanation because something like that, that precisely tuned, could not have happened by chance. All right, Jonathan Sachs is with us. The book is The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meeting, a Shockin release. You can check out the website at uh, Shockin, S-C-H-O-C-K-E-N.com. In the book, it seems like it wasn't enough that you go ahead and examine uh, different areas in order to take on uh, those who hesitate to combine science and religion or look at them in a uh, complementary fashion side by side. You actually have an epilogue where you write a letter to a scientific atheist. Did you feel you had to actually address them head-on in that type of format? Yeah, you, you have a very distinguished biologist in Harvard called E.O. Wilson who uh, wrote a book dedicated, you know, he's a complete atheist, but he dedicated this book to uh, to a Christian pastor, I mean, an anonymous one, just like I do in my book, right. saying, you know, we may disagree, but let's work together to save the universe, uh, because uh, we are uh, destroying our environment uh, recklessly, and even though we may disagree, let's at least work together. So I, I decided I would end in the same way. Uh, holding out a hand of peace, even to the committed atheist, uh, to say, let's work together for the betterment of humanity. This anger in uh, the new atheist is very, very counterproductive. Do you feel sorry for them? Are they missing a very important part of life because of their position? No, it would be patronizing to say, I feel sorry for them. You can live a life without religion, but I say it's like living a life without a sense of humor, without a feeling for music, or without a feeling for art. You can't prove logically that you need a sense of humor. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, but a life without a sense of humor is pretty impoverished. Right, it's certainly lacking something. It, I would think, and again, this might be on the, along the same lines, but I would think that that you're convinced at this point that if they did accept religion or at least look at it without that anger that you described, it would enhance their scientific research. Is that a stretch? One hundred percent. You know, if you, it, it is actually unscientific to pontificate about things that are beyond the reach of science. It really is. So um, I think it results in pretty bad science. Let me give you, if I may. Sure. Uh, a very classic example. In 2001, uh, the human genome was finally transcribed, and uh, scientists were amazed uh, by two findings. Number one, they were expecting to find 100,000 genes in the human genome. Right. They only found 20,000, which is, you know, not much more than fruit flies. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that in order to generate complex things like us, um, genes turn out to be not selfish at all. You know, Richard Dawkins wrote a book called The Selfish Gene. It turns out that genes are team players. That's the only way they can come together and make us. The second thing is that they discovered that only 2% of the human genome codes for protein, which is what the DNA does. So they described the 98% as junk DNA. Right. Uh, just a year ago, scientists, after one of the biggest collaborative scientific experiments ever, 
involving three, you know, 460 experiments at 34 different scientific institutions, they finally discovered that this 98% of DNA that they described as junk turns out to be absolutely essential for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, creates a whole set of switches, over a million switches, that switch on the other 2% of the DNA, switch it on and switch it off. So um, it turned out to be just bad science to dismiss 98% of the human genome as junk. So I said to Richard Dawkins, Richard, you, dis- you dismiss 98% of religion on- as junk. Might you not be wrong about that as well? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Did he appreciate the comparison? <laughs> he actually didn't have anything to say. I found him speechless for the only time in probably in many years. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs is with us. The book is The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meaning. Ironically enough, you, a man of great tradition and obviously uh, uh, a religious leader, um, often people would think that... Um, that it would take a while for someone like yourself to come into modern technology or appreciate it, yet you've been one of the people out there in religious leadership positions who's embraced the brand-new way of communicating with people. In fact, I congratulate you on your brand-new website, RabbiSachs.org. And the reason I bring it up in this context is because what you just described in terms of um, uh, human gene pool, etc., you know, what scientists are analyzing on a regular basis, obviously for us, for believers, that really enhances our look at, you know, God's amazing creations. Every little thing in this world is yet one amazing creation after another, made up of other amazing things after another. Would this book have been different a hundred years ago? In other words, the technology and all the progress that we've made made your argument much easier? Oh, much, much. You know, it's astonishing that around the year 1900, uh, a number of leading scientists declared that uh, basically all the major scientific discoveries are in. There's nothing much more to discover. And just look what happened since right. then, you know, a revolution. quantum science, um, uh, the, the, the decoding of the genome. I mean, it, it's just been unbelievable how uh, our understanding of the complexity of life and human life in particular has grown. I mean, the area in the last 10 or 20 years uh, where there's been most rapid development, of course, has been in neuroscience, thanks to fMRI scans and PET scans. And we're now beginning to understand the total, unbelievable complexity of the human brain. Right. I also think, more important from a religious point of view, we're beginning to understand just a little inkling of the neuroscience of free will. Because people used to think, you know, we're all uh, determined by birth, by, by our genetic endowment. And it turns out that the brain is so plastic, it is so changeable. Um, that uh, when we make decisions to, um, you know, to change our lives, it begins to change the physical architecture of the brain. So I think you know every new scientific discovery makes us say Psalm 104. You know, how wondrous you are your work, so God, you have formed them all with wisdom. Uh, I, I think just reading the scientific discoveries year on year. Is, has become a religious experience. All right. So when it comes to creation again, 
Is it just a smoke screen? Is it is it using? And we're now in safer bracious, perfect time to uh, to examine it here publicly. Is, is it just a smokescreen from the scientists that they just can't face up to these realities and therefore they make an issue of whether a day is really a day or what the Torah literally means in the whole story of creation? No, no. I mean, I don't think scientists put up smokescreens. Uh, I, I just don't think that science can take us all the way there. You know, the, the thing that Judaism brought into the world was the idea of a transcendent God, a God who stands beyond the universe. Now, science is very, very good at explaining things within the universe, how one bit of the universe explains another bit of the universe. But uh, by definition, a scientist cannot explain what lies beyond the universe. Science can never explain transcendence. And, you know, that's not a fault in science at all. It's just uh, one of the limits of science. Every Everything has limits. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs is with us, one-time ch- one time chief rabbi of the Commonwealth and uh, uh, author of the book The Great Partnership and, of course, uh, many, many, many other books as well, which we highly recommend, uh, especially love his work with the Sidurim and Machzorim, uh, uh, the holy books of prayer that he has uh, either assisted on, edited, or uh, or helped author their commentary. Um, the website is rabbisacks.org, rabbisacks, S-A-C-K-S dot org. You have a weekly uh, covenant and conversation uh, segment uh, that you release to your mailing list, and we invite our listeners to uh, sign up on your website and, and participate. And you've dedicated all the covenant and conversation segments of 5774 to the topic of leadership. And now we're in Safer Bracious, and we meet some very interesting leaders, leaders of Jewish families, and essentially, of course, leaders of the Jewish people. Um, it, I, I can only imagine uh, what someone like yourself has been writing, and I, and I certainly will explore it, about I, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the upcoming Joseph. Uh, who are you most intrigued by in terms of their role as leader in Safer Bracious? <clears throat> no question. You know, uh, it's got to be Avram. It really has. You know, look on the Internet for the 100 most influential people who ever lived. And there is one name that is missing, and that is Abraham. Hmm. Now, Abraham wins this, hands down, because 2.4 billion Christians, 1.6 billion Muslims, and a few of us (laughs) all acknowledge Abraham as our spiritual grandfather. So here is the most influential man who ever lived, without, without competition. And yet here is a man who ruled no empire, commanded no army, performed no miracle, delivered no major prophecy. How did he do that thing? And the short answer is, Lech Lecha, you know, he was willing to be, I think, uh, what does Warren Buffett call it? Uh, he calls it, be a contrarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah? <laughs> when everyone else is buying, sell. When everyone else right. is selling, buy. From Abraham, we learn to be the highest civilization in Abraham's day was Mesopotamia. So everyone wants to go to Mesopotamia. Abraham leaves Mesopotamia. In Moses' day, the highest civilization was the Egypt of Ramses II. Everyone wants a passport to Egypt to be part of this economic boom. Uh, and Moses and the Israelites want to go the other way. So, you know, the, the rabbi said about Abraham, he was called Ha'ivri, the Hebrew, because everyone else was on one side, he was on the other. Abraham taught us, don't go with the flow. I call Judaism the uh, contra voice in the conversation of humankind. 
and that's leadership you know leadership means not following the crowd uh the theme of don't go with the flow must have uh, been an interesting one to keep in mind during your tenure as chief rabbi because i'm sure there are many many different groups of uh, members of the jewish community just like we have here in the united states and some would like you to go with this flow and others would like you to go with that flow do you nonetheless look back at your tenure with fondness Oh, I do, yeah. There's no question I managed to upset everyone at some time or other. <laughs> you know, but then, you know, the day I was appointed 22 years ago as chief rabbi, I served for 22 years, uh, a friend of mine from Israel, a, a wonderful man who was Israel's economic minister, justice minister, Yaakov Neman, sent me a message. He said, I see you've, you haven't even begun yet, and already you've upset the right wing <laughs> and the left wing, so you must be doing something right. <laughs> The truth is that, that very, very kindly, they all came together at the end of my tenure six weeks ago to say thank you. And, you know, the truth is, so long as you stick to your guns and you keep going, um, you have to be a bit of a contrarian and you have once in a while um, to do difficult things. I'm sure there are many people in this audience on this side of the pond who are curious about this uh, following question, even though it may just be you know, a general discussion point. But from your perspective, you spent obviously so much time uh, in Great Britain, and you're quite familiar at this point with what's going on in the uh, American Jewish community and the Jewish community worldwide. Are, are there big differences between us and them? Is it mostly all the same? Uh, what, what could we as Americans, uh, what, how do we distinguish ourselves as a Jewish community compared to others? Well, I mean, first of all, American Jews are prepared to be much more high-profile than European Jews as a whole. And, um, and, I, and that's very good news for American Jewry. You had a recent Pew survey report, which had some, you know, not great news about Jewish life in America, but there was one piece of great news there, which is 93% of American Jews feel proud to be Jews. That's terrific. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I think we're doing a bit better in Britain is that we have a lot more Jewish day schools per per capita than you have here in the States. Mm. Something of a like 70% of our Jewish children go to Jewish day schools. And that has been a change that's been radical in the last 20 years, because 20 years ago, the figure was only 25%. So we've really increased uh, our Jewish education very considerably. And, um, you know, I think Jews are a bit more traditional in Britain than they are here in the States. Are we lacking in the U.S. because we don't have an official chief rabbi? (laughs) <laughs> you don't have an Archbishop of Canterbury either. <laughs> That's America, true. America is America. You know, it's it's very, very different. In Britain, things are much more centralized. You know, America much more devolved and local. And that gives American jury its tremendous dynamism. And would, would the numbers be the only thing you'd cite in terms of the difference in our educational system between England and the U.S.? Are there other differences as well? Um, I think, you know, in general... Uh, in America at the moment and for the last hundred years or so, orthodoxy has been a minority in American Jewry, mm. whereas it's the majority in British Jewry, at least of those Jews who belong to synagogues. Understood. Is it difficult to author 26 books while you're chief rabbi? Well, it kept me sane. <laughs> that, was your re- that was your respite, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're involved in a lot of uh, political uh, 
engagements. You know, that's what leadership is about. You know, it's about getting people on the side. Did you enjoy the royal wedding? Uh, the royal wedding was lovely, and I must tell you, when the bride uh, Kate came into came into the wedding, what did they sing? Of course, in English, I, I need hardly say uh, Psalm 122. Mm. I rejoice when they said to me, let us come to the house of the Lord. Our feet stood within thy gates, O Jerusalem. So when you hear Psalm 122 sung in its entirety as the bride comes, the royal bride comes in to the chuppah, not bad. When rumors started flying that Kate might have a Jewish grandmother or great-grandmother, did your phone start ringing off the hook? No, they say that about it. Everybody gets that distinction. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the there are a lot of Jewish grandmothers around. I never found them. You know. <laughs> everybody claims. Whoever thought we have an era where everybody claims they want to be Jewish? Huh? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, everybody is invited to Rabbi Sachs's website, RabbiSachs.org, Rabbi S A C K S dot org. Covenant and conversation is up there. You can be part of the mailing list and get that on a weekly basis, plus, of course, information about all his work is up there. By the way, the, the new current sitter, the Machzorim, uh, all, all these different holy book projects that you've been involved with, what have they brought to the table? What is it that they are contributing uh, to the amazing um, uh, liturgy and lexicon that we enjoy in the holy works? Look, the truth is, I, th- I think Jews throughout the world find tefillah, find davening prayer quite difficult to relate. And I think that's one of our major challenges because, you know, davening is, is, is the, the engine room of, of, of the Jewish soul. It's, it's what gives us our dynamism, our spiritual en- energy. So, you know, one way you deal with this is you produce new versions of the Siddur, the Marxa, new translations, new commentary. I've written long introductions to each of them so that people can understand what they're saying and why they're saying it. And that's terribly important. But, of course, as, as I joined you just this morning, uh, you were playing Shlomo Kalbach. So oh, yeah. I think music has a role in this as well. Yeah. And you mentioned Kalbach, and, of course, we know he had a connection to Lubavitch. One of the most inspiring speeches I ever heard was your uh, uh, your words at the Shluchim conference a couple of years back. I'm sure you remember that night. Uh, what a relationship you have with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And I, I never realized, and I'm sure many others did not until that time either, that what type of influence he had over your career. Well, I don't think I would have been a rabbi without him. Simple as that, huh? Yeah. And I w- probably wouldn't have become chief rabbi without him either, because before I took on the job, I asked him on that as well. Unbelievable. Uh, what type of influence he had throughout the entire world is just incredible. We learn more and more each and every day. Uh, Rabbi Sachs, are you working on a new book out of curiosity? Well, you know, I've just finished this uh, set of 54 studies on the parsha, which you can read on the website each week right. on leadership. Because uh, one of the things, I, I will be spending more time in the States in the next three years. I'll be spending something like three months each year in New York. Uh, teaching at Yeshiva University and New York University. And one of the things that I want to do is to encourage young Jews to take on leadership positions in the Jewish world and beyond the Jewish world because, you know, we really, really need uh, a new generation of leaders who feel confident in their Jewishness, proud of being Jewish, and, and knowledgeable as well. Uh, I just want to make sure everybody realized what just happened. I think we have the scoop. Rabbi Sachs just announced on our program that he will be- spend part of the next three years teaching up 
at one of our favorite places, Yeshiva University. That is great news for these students and community of Yeshiva University. It's something that we welcome. If you will be spending more time in the U.S., Rabbi Sachs, I volunteered to uh, catch you up on things like uh, baseball, American football. If you need some tutorials, please stop by. I'll give them Listen, to you. I seriously need a tutorial, you know, because <laughs> baseball is pure mysticism for me. I, I really need to some crash, uh, an intensive seminar on well, I volunteer. I thank you so much for joining us. By the way, I want to, uh, I want to, th- you, you have an amazing staff and a lot of people were responsible for you being with us this morning. But I'm going to give a special shout out to my friend Alti Carper, who I know you've been working with for a long time. Oh, from Shocken. From, from Shocken. I'm going to continue to recommend the website, Shocken.com, S-C-H-O-C-K-E-N. Shocken is the, uh, is the, um, uh, publisher of the great partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search. For meaning, Lord Sachs, thank you so much for joining us and continued success. I'm so glad you'll be spending more time on our side of the world. Many, many thanks. Uh, Chief Rabbi uh, Jonathan Sachs, uh, author of so many great, amazing works, including The Great Partnership, Science, Religion, and the Search for Meaning, on a very special Monday morning right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Yonatan Sheinfeld with that one here on a Monday. Thanks, Rabbi Sachs. Uh, Rabbi Sachs.org. Uh, Rabbi S-A-C-K-S.org for information. Get on his mailing list. He's amazing, as you heard. Uh, if you missed any of it, check out the archive section later on, jmtheam.org. We'll try to do more of the uh, current publishers giveaway tomorrow with Masecha Shkolem. Congratulations to our winners from today. Coming up, it's uh, Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show. If you have not yet liked the Israel Show Facebook update page, search the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten and like that page. Uh, he'll have brand new Yoram Gaon music today. He'll have uh, an analysis of what's happening between Hamas and the IDF in this cat and mouse game that we call the uh, the tunnels. Uh, more Kalbach covers, Mayor Milim, and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, coming up between 10 and 11, Michael Fragan will speak with uh, venture capitalist Bruce Tarragon and author Molly Knight Raskin, part of the Tech Talk show, coming up between 10 and 11 today on the stream, jmtheam.org. Have a fabulous work and school week ahead, everybody. We're off to an amazing start here on a JM in the AM Monday morning. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard a listener sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Round the world on the web. J- oh, and Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world on the web. JMTheAM.org. Wraps up a, a great Monday edition. Liz is coming up next on our stream. It's Mayor Weingarten with the Israel Show. Have a fabulous, wonderful Monday. Until tomorrow, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.